This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. I want to go into the text that was read, Mark 6. Going to Mark 6, uh, 40, 45 through 52. We've read it already in the gospel message. But it's very interesting, this passage of Scripture, because this passage of Scripture, it, when you put it all together, going from Mark 6, the first verse, all the way down to the 52nd verse, is so interconnected. In fact, when you look at this passage of Scripture, the final verse in verse 52, or I should say in verse uh, 51, where Jesus says, or the author of Mark says, and he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were greatly astonished, for they had not gained insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. You see, when looking throughout the scriptures and seeing the miracles that Jesus performed, all of the miracles that he would perform were on purpose. They were not just isolated magic tricks that Jesus performed just to prove that he was God, but they all carried principles. They all carried lessons that were to be held onto as they went forth. When Jesus healed the blinded eyes, he was telling people, listen, I am the light of the world. When he raised the dead, he was saying, I have power over life and death. I am the resurrection. There were things that he did, the miracles that he performed, they were all on purpose to develop a principle, not just so that he can make people immediately comfortable, but so that there can be a lesson that was learned through it all. When we look at this text, specifically looking at this whole chapter, and when we see what Jesus actually did at the end of the text, Jesus looks at them because, uh, well, these disciples, sometimes it was kind of hard to get the message through to them. Sometimes they were a little bit hard-headed. Sometimes they were just a little bit ignorant. Sometimes they just were a little bit slow. But the bottom line was uh, they didn't get the memo. They didn't get the message. They didn't understand what Jesus was doing, thusly causing them much trouble, much problems, and much disarray of mind when they got into a tough situation. So let's take a look at this whole chapter. And then we get to our text. I believe the Lord is speaking, not just to the disciples some 2,000 years ago, but I believe he's talking to us today. You see, when you look even in the first uh, verses of the chapter, Jesus, he's teaching at Nazareth. And when he's teaching at Nazareth, not, he can't really do a whole lot when he's there. Oh, sure, he heals a few sick people and he, he's teaching and sharing doctrine. But really, the miraculous power of God was limited because they looked at him just as, well, oh, that's Mary's boy. That's just the carpenter's son. He's not really nobody. We grew up with him. We went to school with him. We played ball with him. That's just Mary's baby. That's Joseph's son. Yeah, There's nothing special about him. They didn't really put their trust in him because, well, they were common with him. So they really didn't have too much trust, but in actuality, they had a lot of doubt. 
But right after this, what do we see Jesus doing? Now, we're going to remove the passage dealing with John the Baptist and just look at the timeline, going from the beginning with the disciples all the way down to when they're in the boat. What do we see Jesus doing with the disciples? After this, he sends them out two by two. And when he sends them out two by two, what happens? Miracles are performed. Healings are performed. In fact, the scriptures even say that demons were cast out. Devils were cast out. Evil spirits were gone out of people, and they were literally delivered. People got back into their right mind. I remember a testimony from one of uh, the ladies at our church, Sister Jatan, sitting over there. She was in the laundromat with her children and cleaning up, you know, getting some clothes and all that and a demon-possessed man came up to her talking crazy. And, well, if you know anything about Jatan, that's the last person you want to talk crazy to. <laughs> demon or no demon, that is something that you don't want to talk crazy to her. But this literally, and, and I know people say, well, that's just for back then. No, it's for today. The devil's still around. He didn't, you know, he's still here. But what happened was in the laundromat, she prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed, and she asked the man, what's your name? And he said some crazy name. And then she prayed, the devil released off of that man, and then he came into his right mind, even in the laundromat. And he came, after that, she asked, well, what is your name? Then he actually gave his normal name. This is nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to fear. But the bottom line is when you're walking in the power of God, you have nothing to be afraid of. You have nothing nothing to be ashamed of. You stand and be a man, and you stand and be a woman of God. Well, this is how he sent out the disciples. The disciples were sent out two by two, and there were miracles that took place. The power of God was moving through their hands. In fact, they came back celebrating and jumping for joy. Look at what God has done with us. God is really moving in our lives. Well, after this, Jesus, he settles them down and says, look, guys, we need to take a break. We've been doing this for a long time. Let's you and I, uh, us, let's go and let's, let's go over and let's get on the boat. Let's go over, over to the other side. And when we go over there, we can just relax. But the thing about it is when you have a good thing, people are going to follow. And what happened was this. When they went over on the other side, the people recognized they saw the disciples who had just performed miracles. They had saw Jesus who was always doing miracles. And thousands of people started to crowd in around Jesus on the other side. Now, they went over there for a break. But when they finally got there, thousands of people met them there. Thusly, one of the more famous miracles that happened was the, the feeding of the people of the 5,000 with the fish and the loaves of bread. Because this is what happened when they got there. They thought they were going to take a break. But when they got there, Jesus continued to minister again. But after a period of time, the disciples were tired and they said, Lord, send these people away so that they can go get something to eat because, you know, hey, God, hey, hey, Jesus, it, 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 the sun is going down. It's, it's getting late. And Jesus looked at them. He looked at them in their face and he was serious. He said, you feed them. Now, there were 5,000 men and that excludes the ladies that were there and the children that were there. So I think a conservative estimate was probably about 10,000 people were there. And now you're telling me to feed them? The disciples looked at Jesus the same way some of y'all looking at me. That's crazy. How 
in the world could we, in fact, the disciples told Jesus, it'll take a half a year of our wages to feed all these people. You want us to do that? Thankfully, the disciples saw their limitations and Jesus understood their limitations. So he told them to sit down. I got this. Just sit down. So what did he do? He, he says, what do you have? What do you have to work with? Because that's all God wants. God really just wants what you have to work with because whatever you have to work with, he's the one that gave it to you in the first place. But he said, just give it back to me. Well, we got a few fish and we have a few loaves of bread. And since we have a few fish and loaves of bread, that's good enough. I just need something to work with. You see, so many people in this room right now, you feel like, well, I, I'm not ordained. I'm not, I'm not with the clergy. I'm not with the big eyes. I'm, I'm one of the little yous. I don't do a whole lot of stuff in the church, or I don't have the big gifts. I don't sing. I don't preach. I don't talk. I just kind of sit in the back and say amen. You know, well, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what your gifting is. God says, give it to me and I will multiply it for my glory. I don't care what you are, I don't care what you have. I don't care what you have. It's all for the glory of God. I'm, the, the, you know, one of the families here that I love so dearly is the trainer family. John and Judy, they're, they're the trainer family. And, and I tell them, just like I tell you, John and Judy, they fit in sometimes like square pegs in round holes. And what happens is they came to our church and they are bigger square pegs and smaller holes. But they fit right in and they offered their gifts right to our church. And John sits up and plays his bass guitar with some of the most skilled musicians on the west side of Chicago, but he keeps the beat. He keeps what he's going. And then Judy, she'll come and she'll bring a pie or she'll bring a cake or she'll bring something that she cooked. And the people just love. And through that, bridges have been built and God is opening up doors. It wasn't much that they had, but they brought it and now God is magnifying it. Now God is getting the glory. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. But give it, to the, give it to the Lord and watch and work. So this is what happened in this passage. The disciples, when they were there, they, they broke the bread. God, Jesus broke the bread. He blessed it and he gave it out. But look at what happened. They started passing out the bread and passing out the fish. And as they were passing out the bread and passing out the fish, more bread and more fish came. In fact, they had so much that they fed the 5,000 or the 10,000. In fact, they had 12 baskets left over, one basket per disciple left over that they can take home to their family to eat. I'm telling you, the Lord opened up door, but what happened? They had to give what they had first. Well, then after this, after this, the people were tired. I know the disciples were very tired at this time. They had tried to get away once and they couldn't do it. But then Jesus says, okay, you guys go over to the other side. Go over to Bethsaida. Just go, go. I'll meet you over there. I will get rid of the people. I'll take care of them. I'll send them on their way. Well, as they go across on the other side, they're out on the sea rowing, trying to get across. And Jesus, he goes up into the hillside and he's praying. He has time to get away. And I'm gonna tell you this sometimes, and then please listen to me, sometimes you need to get away. I need you to hear me now. I'm not talking about just get away with your family and go on vacation, no. Sometimes you need to be on a retreat with just you and God. 
where you need to go into your prayer closet, where you need to go and seek God for direction, where you need to go and just pray and say, God, please give me the direction I need to lead my family. Give me what I need so that I can make it. We've entered into some perilous times. And what we have to do is be rooted and grounded in the will and the word of God. But the only way you're going to be doing do that is not just by you coming to church. But the way that you do that is enter into God's presence and seek him like we've never sought after him before. Jesus himself, he went away to be with the Father. But while he was in the hillside, he saw the disciples were struggling. The winds and the waves came up, which is our text. The winds and the waves, they came up. And when the winds and when the waves came up, the disciples were struggling to get across. They were rowing hard. They were doing their best. But he saw that they just couldn't make it on their own. So what did he do? The Bible says he comes down and he begins to walk on the water. Now, I told them in the earlier service, I actually tried that one time. I, I did, just once. I tried it one time when I was about five years old. I filled up the tub, filled it up with water, and you all tried this too when you were younger. I know you did. I know you did. If you heard the story, you did it, you did it, you did it. But I filled up the tub, and I stood on the ledge of the tub at five years old, and I, I think I quoted a scripture or something. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And I, and I, and I stepped out, because you know when you're young, you just imitate everything that you hear the preacher say or whatever. And I, I stepped out in there, and you know what happened? I hit the bottom real quick. I almost broke my leg. I was filled with water, water all on my face. Yeah, it didn't turn out so pretty. I didn't walk on no water. But the bottom line is this. Jesus walked on that water, the water that was giving the disciples a hard time. The water that looked like it was going to capsize the boat. The water that caused the disciples to walk in fear or to row in fear, to row and struggle. The same water that could have killed them, the Lord was walking on it. So here, Jesus is walking on the water, but look at what he does. The Bible doesn't say that he walked to them to go get in the boat. The Bible says that he was going to walk right by them. He was going to just walk right by them. His intent was not to get on the boat. I believe his intent was just so that they can see him. You see, many times, saints of God, it's not that we just need so many people around. We just, we, we just need comfort. We need to know that somebody's there. I believe in during this period of time, the disciples just needed to know that Jesus was there. But the problem was the disciples didn't have that kind of trust built yet because when they saw Jesus, they thought they were seeing a ghost, an evil spirit. You see, the ancient mariners at that time, they thought that, you know, the evil spirits would rise up from the depths of the sea or evil pirates of that time. Those people who had lost their lives at sea, their spirits would rise from the dead and they would haunt the waters and they would take people out and try to destroy people and try to kill people. That's what they believed during that period of time. Well, these men, so 12 disciples, they were on the boat and when they saw this evil spirit or what they thought was the evil spirit, which was actually Jesus, they started to cry. They started to call. Like, oh, could you picture? Could you picture these big fishermen, these 12 grown men who had before walked in the power of God? Now they're all crying. Ah! Ah! It's a ghost! Ah! Can you picture? 
picture that? Can you picture Peter in the back of the boat, hollering and screaming? This is Peter. Now, bold Peter, I'll never deny you. I'll never, no. Now you're hollering because you see a ghost, right? Okay, okay. Well, here's what we see with this. Jesus, he looked at them. He gets into the boat, and, and the disciples were amazed. But the bottom line was this. Jesus said, or the scriptures say plainly, that they didn't understand the fish and the loaves. So they reacted like this because they didn't learn the lesson from the past. Their hearts were hardened because they didn't accept the lessons from the past. Did you understand our text? Do you see how this all flows together? In the first verse, when Jesus was speaking, there was doubt because the people couldn't put their trust in him. Why? Because they were common with him. It was Jesus. That was Mary's baby. So there wasn't a lot of trust there. There was a lot of doubt. So what happened? There were only a few miracles that were done. The disciples saw that. Do you remember the second part of the text? The second part of the text was when they themselves were casting out evil spirits, where they themselves were performing miracles by the hand of Christ. They themselves were performing miracles, casting out demons. So why now? When, when they thought it was a demon walking on the water, when they thought it was an evil spirit walking on the water, how come they were crying and, and how come they were upset now? How come they were afraid now? Why didn't you do like you did when Jesus sent you out two by two and cast out the devil? Why now? When the wind and the wave gets tough, why now do you doubt God? If that's an evil spirit out there, tell him to get out of here. Tell him to go away. You have the power of God in your hand. But they did not learn from their past. They didn't connect the dots. They couldn't put it all together. And then the lesson with the, with the fish and the loaves, the miracle-working, wonder-working power of the Holy Ghost, working through the hand of God, working through the through the words of Christ, they didn't even see or recognize that if God can feed 10,000 people with a few fish and a few loaves of bread, he himself is powerful enough to handle anything in our lives. But they did not remember where they came from. They did not learn the lessons of the past. I'm here to tell you now, when you don't listen and when you don't learn from what God does in your life, then your heart becomes hard. And this is where many of us are even today. Many of us right now today, you're going through all types of stuff. You're going through all types of garbage in your life. You're going through pain. You're going through struggle. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you're going through stress. Maybe the kids aren't acting right. Maybe you're dealing with COVID or, or maybe you're just afraid. Maybe you're looking at the White House and saying, man, I hope Trump gets back. Or man, I hope Bernie, or, I hope somebody, I hope Biden gets in. Or I hope whoever gets in. I hope there's a change. And you're putting all your trust in your mind is just messed up. You are following behind the world and the world has gone crazy. You have forgotten that God has blessed you. You have forgot, listen to me, you have forgot that the blessing that you have now, the source of your blessings did not come from the government. The source of your blessing did not come from a political party. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're the Tea Party. I don't care if you're a No Party. I don't care what you are. I'm telling you right now, your blessing 
blessings did not come from the government. Your blessings came from the Lord. I told them earlier this morning. I told them earlier this morning that some of you all right now, you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. And then some other people are born with a plastic fork in their mouth. But I don't care where you've been, every blessing that you have came from the Lord. The Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I'm here to tell you now, I don't care if you're driving a, I don't care if you got a BMW or a bummer. I don't care if you're catching the bus. I don't care if you're riding a bicycle. I don't care what your mode of transportation is. I don't care if you live in a condo, an apartment, a mansion, two-bedroom, three-bedroom, one-bedroom studio. I don't care what you have. Everything you got came from God. Every good blessing came from God. That job that you have. I don't care if you're making four figures, five figures, six figures, seven figures. Every blessing came from God. So why now are you afraid? Why now are you afraid of COVID? Oh yeah, why now are you afraid that somebody's gonna die? Why now are you afraid of losing your job? Why now are you afraid of who's gonna be in, in the White House? Why now have you lost trust? If you lose trust now, your heart will be hardened just like those disciples' hearts. God is saying, look here, I blessed you, I fed you. Isn't that what happened with the children of Israel? Isn't that what happened with them? God blessed them. He delivered them out of Egypt. He fed them without farms. He brought them through the wilderness. He got them across the Red Sea. He got them across the Jordan River. He put them in a land that they didn't have to fight for. They were just slaves. They were servants. They weren't skilled warriors. But God blessed them. He gave them the nation of Israel. And then they turned their hearts against them because they forgot I blessed you before I can bless you again quit limiting God quit limiting our Lord he is the Alpha and the Omega he is the beginning and the end he is the ancient of days he is the I am that I am I am everything that you need so why now are you afraid? This is what happened with the disciples. This is what happened with them. They went through all of these lessons, and then when it came down time for the test, Jesus was just gonna walk by. His intent was not to get into the boat, but he had to go ahead and get into the boat. In other words, the Lord does what's necessary at the moment to be a blessing to you. Saints, I'm here to tell you today, don't be afraid of the situations or the circumstances that are around us. Don't be nervous because all this stuff going on in our world, it ain't nothing but wind and waves. All the things going around on us, you're trying to roll through it, you're trying to roll through it, you're trying to roll through it. How about just take a break and let the Lord roll? How about just take a break and put your trust in God? You try to tell your children that. You come to church Sunday after Sunday and you hear the word of the Lord, you hear it. How about now? Let's live it. Let's trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Let's trust in God 
like we've never trusted in him before. Because I'm going to tell you something, if you thought this was a test, wait till you see what's coming. It's some more stuff that's coming. Oh yeah, you thought civil unrest was bad then? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You thought stuff was bad, was bad then with people throwing bricks and Oh yeah, oh yeah, just wait, just wait, just wait. Your faith is going to be tested. But I'm telling you now, even I don't care what the test is, I don't care what test comes, when we put our trust in God, I, listen, I put my trust in the one that's sitting on the throne. That's who I put my trust in. And that's who you have to put your trust in or your heart will become hard. Let's not be like the disciples. Amen? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. As part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.